Welcome everybody to Pants on Fire, Exposing Ruling Class Lies. And in today's episode, we're talking about the latest immigration issue at the uh, U.S.-Mexico border. And this is the state of Texas installing a floating border wall or a barrier in the Rio Grande River. And today we're joined by Alvaro to uh, discuss the issue. So welcome, Alvaro. Glad to, glad to be here, uh, Kyle. Well, we've got lots to talk about. So the current news about this uh, floating barrier that the governor of Texas has installed in the Rio Grande River. It has these buoys, these about four foot wide buoys with razor wire in between them. Uh, they've got saw blades, looks like saw blades inside them or between them. And it's basically a uh, it's basically just another border wall, but it's a floating border wall in the Rio Grande River. And so let's start with why that, why is this being installed? And what is the governor of Texas uh, thinking about when he when he is installing something like this at an international border? Uh, thank you, Carl. Uh, yes, uh, let me let me start with uh, talk a little bit about myself. I grew up in the area where a lot of this uh, floating uh, buoys have been installed by the governor of Texas. So I've seen them personally, and I, I grew up in, in in northern Mexico and on the border area. So I'm very familiar with this issue of uh, of the migrant flows through this area. Uh, let me first off start by stating that uh, the installation of this buoys this uh, a floating barrier with uh, barbed wire, you know, and uh, and this uh, in the Rio Grande River is a hate-filled election ploy by the extreme extremist Republican governor of Texas, Greg Abbott. Before the buoys were installed, Greg Abbott tried something else. He tried putting container boxes all along the river in 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 the area of Eagle Pass and other similar entry ports in order to garnish attention and publicity for the Republican-led extremist campaign of hate against immigrants of color by stating that there was an actual invasion of the state of Texas by uh, you know, immigrants from south of the border and carrying drugs. All this is uh, this is absurd. You know. Migrant labor has been going on, on in the border areas for centuries. Because remember, at one time, this all Texas and all south, southwestern United States belonged to Mexico, mm -hmm. and and then later, uh, when after after the Mexico, uh, the U.S. invasion of Mexico and the stealing of all these lands, there was still a lot of migrant uh, labor between between the uh, the two countries. I think at some point we need to talk about why what's driving this immigration uh, waves, but they're not coming from. They're coming through Mexico, but they're not coming from Mexico themselves. It's coming from Central. These are migrants coming from Central America, primarily Guatemala and Honduras as the major sources of, of this uh, migrant flows uh, coming through. And many mm -hmm. of them are seeking asylum in our country. And that's the uh, that's the law that the Republican governors, I think there were like 20 governors that met down in uh, the Eagle Pass area at the border to uh, have a have a press conference about this and a couple of them did mention the uh, asylum seeking aspect of it and how they kept saying that we need a common sense approach the way they presented themselves and their case for this was that their goal is to protect migrants and to keep them safe when they cross and so instead of crossing in dangerous areas where the uh, the river could be dangerous, they're installing these buoys to encourage them to use the uh, legal ports of entry. This is all a false argument, Kyle. Uh, the last thing that the Republican Party and even the uh, the U.S. ruling class wants is regular migration of labor to this country. Uh, the reason they don't want it is because they want to exploit cheap labor from south of the border. So the labor migration is being caused by inequality in wages in Central America, Mexico, and the United States. Uh, Mexico, for instance, uh, the uh, minimum wage in Mexico is about 
at least you know a, a ratio of one to five or one to ten. I forget what 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 it is now because it's being raised. The minimum wage is being raised in Mexico in the last since uh, Lopez Obrador became president. Mm-hmm. But it's still there's a huge difference in wages between the uh, uh, the countries of Mexico and Central America and that of the United States. So U.S. business in pursuit of profits wants to employ undocumented workers to come to this country and and employ them in the service industry and in the uh, construction industry and the, but they don't want them to be secure they don't want them to be come here legally because if they did they might ask for their rights to be respected hmm. and they might be able to stand up and start forming unions and asking for more equitable wages and so forth and, and better working conditions and that's the least thing they want so they're being hypocritical. That's not what they want. If they wanted legal migration, it's very easy. All you have to do is tell the U.S. State Department to increase the, the number of legal visas to be issued in Central America, in Honduras, and Guatemala, mm-hmm. and corresponding with the waves of migration coming in, and, and let them uh, seek those visas, legal visas, at their, at their in their country. Well, they're not doing that. A lot of people think that all you have to do is ask and you will get it. And it's not true. There are no visas available because that's not what they want. There are some, some visas available, but those are very small compared to the number of people that, that want to leave their country because of extreme poverty or insecure conditions and unsafe conditions in their country, seeking asylum and seeking a a better, a, you know, a better life for, for their, for their families. Mm-hmm. So this is more than you think this is more just a, a political stunt for uh, the upcoming election than, than anything else. It is a political stunt for the upcoming election. It's, it's based on racism against uh, brown immigrants. You notice that they don't make a big fuss about immigration from Canada or from Europe. Mm-hmm. They, they don't do that. Although, we know that a lot of Europeans come into this country with with uh, tourist visas, and they overstay their 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 tourist visas. Actually, yeah. no, they're not required to have visas; they just have to register to come in, mm-hmm. uh, and they overstay their visas. Uh, but nobody is questioning any of that. Remember the waves of this is a country that was made of immigrants, right? Mm-hmm. And the only ones that are not recent immigrants were the Native Americans that have been here for thousands of years. And when they came through Ellis Island, did they bring documents? Were they, uh, you know, the Irish and the Germans and, and all the other European peoples uh, from from the Dutch and, and the British, did they bring documents? No, they were not required. Now they're required because they they started by not requiring them exclude under the exclusion acts against the Chinese and against the Japanese and so forth. So now they're they're doing it to 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 Latinos. And it's because it's driven by profit motive that they, they want undocumented workers to come here to this country to work cheap and hard under insecure conditions so they can be exploited. Uh, so they don't they don't want to issue work visas for them, although the United States has a shortage of labor. The reason there's a shortage of labor is because most people don't want to work for such low wages and salaries. Mm-hmm. They want better, better, better wages and salaries and better working conditions. And, and a lot of migrant workers come into this country, they 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 will forego that, especially if they're working under insecure conditions where they could be deported for asking for their rights to be respected. So it is a ploy by the Republican Party, but it is a system that is imposed by the ruling class of this country and could be remedied very easily. The pretend statement that was made about asking them to move, go somewhere else actually is the opposite. The safest areas for for migrants to go through is in that area, for instance, of Eagle Pass and other areas like that, close to you know municipalities. They're they're being forced to enter the country in other areas that are very hot, and and they're dying by the hundreds in the desert, walking through the desert in harsh conditions. In the middle of August, think about it. In the middle of August, you're walking across the border in in regions out there in the middle of nowhere walking in, in in the heat. And so many of them are dying of heat exhaustion, lack of water and resources. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
So it's it's the opposite of what they're saying. So they and want I know that so because I grew up in that region and I know and, and there's a total disregard for human life, you know, there. Yeah. Yeah. I they uh they what they say and and then the contradictions even in what some of these governors in their statements at the at the uh, press conference it was like we want to uh, make sure that the migrants are safe and if some of them get caught up in that razor wire and need a band-aid then uh so be it if that's protecting us from them so you can't you can't say both things i mean you you want to protect the uh the migrants but if some of them get hurt and if some of them die that's okay because it's the people that are coming over are dangerous and criminals is basically what what they're saying they're they're basically saying that they have total disregard for human life all they want is is just the human labor cheap human labor to come here and and don't make any noise and just go and and work in the restaurants i live in houston you go to any restaurant in Houston, and you can do that across the whole country. You go into the restaurants or hotels and see who's doing all the work. Mm-hmm. And you, you you can go to a Chinese restaurant in Houston, put your head through the through the door into the kitchen, and what do you hear? Spanish. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether you go to an Indian restaurant or whatever; it's all Spanish. So that tells you that they're making huge amounts of profits for these businesses. And uh, and the construction business, uh, I think you can't even construct anything without. Look what happened in Florida. In -hmm. Florida, the governor of Florida, in the race for president of the United States, they passed a law pretty much outlawing migrant labor, you know, undocumented workers in the state of Florida. Well, workers left. So then all this industry was left without any workers. The work came to a standstill. In, In the state of Texas, the last figures that I saw some long decades ago was that at least six billion dollars worth of uh, work was being uh, uh, productivity was being caused by labor from uh, south of the border the whole issue of drugs is 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 a fake issue yes there are drugs coming across the border but they're also coming from other areas and they're also being made in the united states uh 80 some percent of of all the people that have been persecuted for drugs have been U.S. citizens. This drug problem started in this country with the introduction of synthetic drugs. They were highly potent, and they were done sold legally by pharmaceutical companies. The, so a lot of people got addicted to this uh, through prescriptions mm-hmm. and pharmacy misfeasance, and and then they they went to hard, harder drugs like fentanyl and others. And, and they're dying with overdoses because of the potency of these of this drugs. But that is not a problem of the immigrants coming, migrants coming in from uh, from Honduras or Guatemala. They didn't do it. and uh, But they're being blamed because it, it's a, the, the Mexican president was asked, why, why, what's all this fuss about, about the border? And the Mexican president answered very well. He basically said, it's election time. Hmm. That's all you need to know. It's election time in the United States, and and they're willing to traffic on the misery of others, in order to get elected. And that's that's a horrible thing to to, to do. I don't think it it accords with uh, uh, American values, human human values, and uh, so it's very un-American. We have a Statue of Liberty, right at Staten Island, and it's inscribed in the Statue of Liberty was a poem. And it says basically, it, it was Emma Lazarus, right? Mm-hmm. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send the homeless tempest tossed to me. That's what it says. But what is the reality? Well, the reality is we have all these uh, uh, extremist right wing Republicans basically uh using them as 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 as, as a ploy to uh to to scare people mm-hmm. they're they're trying to protect this country from invasion there's no such invasion if you think about it it was the united states that invaded mexico and took all their lands you know it's mm-hmm. that's that's a, that was the real invasion use of force to to take their land 
Well, and you hear some of them talk now, the kind of just casually floating the idea of sending troops into Mexico. That's absolutely right. In fact, if you go back and trace what's happening in in, in Central America, it started out when the United States interfered by organizing counter-revolutionaries in Central America to fight the uh, revolutionaries uh, in El Salvador, in Guatemala, and so forth. Remember the Contra Wars? Mm-hmm. Well, it was the United States that financed that. And when they ran out of money because the Congress stopped that financing, they resorted to imp- exporting drugs to the United States. This was the CIA ex- exporting drugs to the United States in order to finance the Contra Wars. So what happened at that time, a lot of the a lot of people left El Salvador and left Nicaragua and they left Guatemala and came to the United States uh, trying to uh, flee from the war in, in these conditions. And uh, and then what does the United States do in its infinite wisdom? It it a lot of the children of these uh, refugees that grew up in L.A. and Houston and Chicago they rounded them up and they sent them. These were gang members. They sent them back to their uh, their original country, from where their parents came from. They're not from from there, or they no longer associate with El Salvador, or, or Guatemala, or any of those countries. These are refugees and and, and uh, people fleeing from extreme poverty. So the United States helped create some of that crisis. The other crisis is is climate change, right? So that's what capitalism all over the world has caused this problem with climate change. And it's affecting rural areas of Central America and Southern Mexico very heavily, where they have they the subsistence farmers cannot make a living uh, because uh, from from their subsistence farming. And, and it was deliberate. The the local government working in conjunction with the United States stopped a lot of the water flows through their areas. So make them flee. They wanted them to flee, come to the United States and work cheap. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's being reversed in Mexico, but it's still the case in, in, in Central America because those are poor countries, less resources. So the let's talk about about Mexico and their and their position and their stance on on this issue because during, under under President Trump we had the uh, remain in Mexico policy which was very uh controversial and that seems to be what the Republican governors now are calling for is to bring that policy back what was um Mexico's stance on that at the time Mexico's stance on it is that the migration, the migrants coming through Mexico are not going to Mexico. They're going to the United States. Mm-hmm. That's where they want to go. Many of them seeking asylum. And the right to asylum is guaranteed under international law. And uh, what the Republicans were trying to do is to say that they should have stayed in Mexico, that uh, there was a safe country. They should have asi- filed for asylum there. They didn't want to file for asylum there because they didn't think that they could make a good living. They can get out of extreme poverty by by staying in Mexico, and also they want to reunite with their families. And they're they're they're, they're basically their objective is to come to the United States, make some money, and then go back to their original countries. Mm-hmm. That is that's what has happened throughout the history of these border areas. And uh, so Mexico's position is that no, they should not stay in Mexico. They should uh, be allowed to seek asylum and stay in the United States until that is handled. The United States is a United States problem. They they should. In fact, what the Mexican government is proposing is that the United States government take this asylum request in the original countries, whether it's in Guatemala or Honduras, take the, the asylum request there and make mm-hmm. and, and, and hold the hearings there and and respond to people there in their own countries. Not only that, but also create jobs in those countries so people don't feel they have to leave their home homeland, leave their families behind in order to make a living. And uh, so Mexican government has offered uh, jobs programs, which they have employed in Mexico. In fact, the Mexican government gave uh, millions of dollars to, to countries in Latin America and in the Caribbean to put into place this kind of uh, 
jobs creating programs. So he said, well, what, what would they people do in those countries? Because many of them lack uh, investment, right? In Central America, for instance, they, they lack a lot of investment in, in, in economic development. Well, what they're doing in Southern Mexico, which is in similar conditions, is they're planting trees, fruit trees and, and other trees, thus addressing the issue of climate change and also at the same time offering them jobs. So they offer them 400,000 jobs in Southern Mexico at, at higher, higher salaries. And uh, these are permanent jobs. These are not just make up temporary jobs. These are permanent jobs. And they offered to, to help uh, these countries in Latin America and in the Caribbean to in, introduce a, that type of jobs programs. But they, the, the Mexico does not have the means, nor do the Central American countries or the Caribbean countries have the means to be able to create them at the scale that's necessary. So they're asking the United States to help out. The United States is the is the you know most uh, economically advantaged developed country in the world. They are asking them to to put a fraction of what what the United States sends to the war in the Ukraine to put it in into I think it's two two or three billion dollars that will be needed for economic development in Central America, and that would do a great deal to to uh, ensure that people stay in their own home their own homes in Central America. Mm -hmm. instead of coming to the United States. If they were sincere, that they really were interested in not accepting immigrants to come to this to the United States, but rather they stay in their own countries, they would have readily jumped in this opportunity to create jobs in, in, in Guatemala and Honduras and in Cuba and other places, but they, they were not. In fact, they have an embargo, not only against Cuba, but they have an embargo against Venezuela. Now, recently they allowed some Venezuelans and Cubans and Nicaraguans to come to the United States because of the is in a Cold War attempt, you know. To, but other than that, they're not doing much for for the real immigrants that are coming in. They're they're from Central America. It doesn't seem like much is being offered from either side of our two party system here. I, the uh, the Republicans, like I said, there's about twenty governors that went down, and I mean they're all posturing and and saying you know that this is uh an invasion like you said they're bringing drugs and guns and all of this uh the the democrats have have been somewhat quiet about it other than in the context of the justice department suing the state of texas but i think that you you may be on to a big important issue here is that the capitalist class in the united states needs these these migrant workers and it's absolutely because you get economists will tell you that if you want to grow the economy you need at least one two things to happen either you have more workers what's called labor productivity you either have more workers or you have more uh, uh machinery machinery costs a lot of money and uh so the United States is, is the negative growth rates or very small growth rates. So we could not grow without immigrant labor. So they need that. That is the policy, not only of the Republican Party, it's also the policy of the Democratic Party. I mean, who's the, who's, who's, who's the president of the country right now? Is Joe Biden. Has he, does he, is he aware of this problem? Is he aware of the solutions that are being offered by Mexico and other countries? The answer is yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Have they talked about this issue many times? Uh, Joe Biden has been in Mexico along with the Canadian Prime Minister, and sp- spoke with uh, the President of Mexico, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, and all his staff. So they've heard about all of this. They are aware of all this. They refuse to do anything about it. So that tells you a lot about U.S. economic policy and the fact that it's—I mean—the U.S. immigration policy. And so that is that shows you it's a is 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 by design. So what we're seeing at the border is by design of the ruling class of this country, the capitalist class, and because uh, yeah, that's that's the way they are, you know. Right mm-hmm. now, the the Democratic Party and the Republican Party they're uh, they're playing good cop, bad cop. Mm-hmm. So the bad cop is being played by the Republicans right now. The the Democrats are just standing on the sidelines saying, "See see the, how horrible those Republicans are." But in fact, that they're 
they're not the, the Democrats are not doing very much at all. I mean, the the ruling class certainly is not doing anything at all about what's happening there. And many Democrats know the situation is 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 real and and they're trying to ameliorate the, the situation, but it's this they're not offering real root cause solutions. And the real root cause solutions is to create jobs in 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 the countries of origin of immigrants from 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 the south. And that uh, kind of goes into my next point, which is, you know, what's causing the uh, the the migration from Central America. Uh, the conditions there must be just horrendous for people to be willing to risk their lives and, in some cases, travel by foot hundreds, yes, it's, hundreds it's, of miles. You're right. I mean, uh, think about it. Under what conditions would you leave your your home, your, your your family, or your your friends, and just take off into another land in which you don't know the language, in which you have to traverse long distances, full of hazards and dangerous people. Many of them get raped along the way. Many of them get uh, get uh, get harassed and, and beaten up and killed along the way. Yeah, but they do this because of pure necessity, and uh, so they and and that's so. There's no need for that. That is totally inhuman uh, thing to put people through. Why the inequality? I think people should ask that question. Why is there such an inequality? You get all kinds of flippant answers from conservatives, basically saying, "Well, those people don't work hard. If they didn't work hard, then how come we're hiring them? Mm -hmm. And how come if we did not want illegal immigration?" Into this country, how many? How many? Uh, how come we don't put uh, employers in jail? How many right. employers have you heard have been actually put in jail? How many CEOs have been put in jail because they're they're taking advantage of uh, uh, undocumented workers? I, I'm not aware of any. No. Well, that tells you everything you need to know. You know, how, you know, as to what what's really going on there, and uh, it's it's a political it's a political football. Being used and and the and the and the football is is poor migrants coming from 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 you know from these countries the poor very extreme poor countries. What 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 caused a lot of that extreme inequality is also just called U.S. imperialism, which basically says the United States has taken advantage of its position as the economic and military power of the world to maintain systems in place in in Latin America and other countries. Uh, where the right wing can flourish and capitalism can take hold. They do not want revolutionary change in those countries. They don't want to change. They don't want it in Mexico. Why is Mexico being threatened? Because Mexico has a new left popular president, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, who is establishing what's called the fourth transformation of Mexico, attacking the corruption of the ruling class and instituting Fundamental social change. The United States does not like that because they think that what if the U.S. people think that they could do it in the United States in the corruption, the political corruption, in the exploitation? And so, so the United States doesn't want that. Uh, so, so that that is the so it's U.S. imperialism and its policies. As I explained earlier, uh, the United States deliberately went into into Latin America. And, and and organized a counter-revolutionary force, not only against the uh, the countries of uh, in in Guatemala, in El Salvador, in Nicaragua. They also did it in Cuba, and they've done it all over Latin America, all over the world. Regime change in order to keep those countries the status quo as is, and uh, it's it's very convenient for the U.S. Uh, economic interest. To bring in undocumented workers under uh, insecure conditions to work and for for low wages, who shows up at work every day, weekends, and works under those kind of conditions? They do. Mm -hmm. So uh, if they were, if they, and the explanation of the conservatives is that the brown workers from Latin America, they they don't want to work. Uh, they only want to. In fact, I heard I heard from a conservative recently 
that the reason they're coming is to get benefits. This is false. This is mm-hmm. another myth. Because as you very well know, an undocumented worker cannot even get a driver's license in Texas, and they cannot get federal aid or any kind of uh, aid from uh, from the government because they're not here uh, legally. And uh, so this is all false argument uh, myths that are being spread about uh, immigration. I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned imperialism uh, as the the root cause of the poverty and the the poor conditions in Central America. And I'm glad you mentioned the the issue of because uh, it is it is a right wing talking point that the people that are crossing illegally are are coming to get benefits from from the government and they'll accuse the other side they'll accuse the democrats of wanting to pass laws that make it easier for migrants to get those those benefits but it sounds like neither side really wants uh, any sort of legal immigration because that would be more expensive for the uh for the um the capitalist class that's correct neither side actually wants comprehensive immigration reform and even the liberty reform that they're talking about, they can get it past the Republican uh, uh, members of Congress. Mm-hmm. And uh, not that they're actually going to do it. I mean, look look at the comprehensive immigration reform that was presented by Biden in 2020 when he first came in. It's very, it sounds very good. It's very good reform. It's, it doesn't get to the root cause of the problem. It doesn't address the imperialism. It doesn't address the... Uh, the uh, issuing of visas, uh, work programs in Latin America. It doesn't address any of those things, but it does call for more humane treatment. And even that has not been able to get through. So what is the excuse for the Biden administration? The Republicans don't want to pass that that immigration reform. Mm -hmm. what, What else are they doing about it? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. It's unfortunate that this is how things kind of always work out in the uh, so-called democracy, the the democratic system here in the United States is that it does always seem to come down to one side blocks the other side or accuses the other side of blocking any type of passage of any any kind of laws. There's actually no democracy where we have a dictatorship of the capitalist class in this country. When was the last time you participated in a debate or were asked asked about your opinions concerning immigration policy of this country. None of us were ever asked, how many debates have you seen in the country where they actually debate this issue in terms of the current immigration laws? There's been no debates. There was, I mean, did you get to debate whether or not the United States should send billions of dollars to, to, in weapons to the Ukraine? We didn't get any debate about that. So all the major policy issues are not debated in this country. Uh, They're made by a tiny group of people uh, in their own selfish interest. And Mm -hmm. uh, they they create a facade of democracy. So you you go and vote. You don't get to vote on the substantive issues. Even your voting uh, rights have been limited, as as we know from voter suppression laws in Texas and other in other states. And you don't even get to really determine uh, freely who, who the candidates should be. It's all be, de- be determined by somebody else. But we get a little bit off off track here. It's uh, but that that is we don't have a democracy in this country. What we have is an imperialist government that goes around the world and uh, suppresses uh, movements for change and equality. So therefore, we don't have any justice and uh, social economic equality around the world. So this unevenness in development is created migrant labor. So is this unique to to the United States and to southern uh, in, in, in the southern border? No, it is not. Same thing is happening in, in Europe. Uh, look at look at conditions that that people in in Africa are undergoing. So in Middle East, many of them are fleeing to more developed countries that have higher wages and better living conditions. And, and so the and it's what it's doing is fueling a hate hate sponsored uh right wing movement in in many countries look at what's happening in Italy what's happening in the, in some of the Nordic countries 
in France and so forth is the right the right wing is, is gaining popularity using hatred and xenophobic you know prejudice people of, of Africa and so forth yeah it's not a it's not just happening here with the uh with the Mexico the US Mexico border it is it's a phenomenon that's happening all over the place and nobody ever does really speak to the uh the root cause imperialism creates the conditions that people are having to flee and we're going to eventually see a lot more climate migration we're going to see countries entire regions of countries become uninhabitable and there will be massive waves of of migration yes those countries like I said not only suffer from uh unequal conditions uh and divisions of labor around the world between the uh developed and un and, and developing countries and 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 military uh and look look what's happening in Africa they're they're having revolts by former semi-colonial countries the the uh, they're revolting against uh French rule you would think well we thought we got rid of colonialism but it's still present in many countries in Africa and uh, and they're kept what they want, what the imperialists want, the French imperialists and U.S. imperialists want, is cheap commodities, cheap labor in their own countries in order to make more profits, make it more profitable for mm -hmm. their own investors in in their own countries. So that that's what's happening here, in uh, in Latin America and so forth. So so the root cause solution is certainly is to fight for a more equitable world. And to have in, uh, immediately start having jobs programs in those countries to help with their development. Obviously, the United States is not interested in any of that, but these developing countries are. So what's happening, there's a counter current going in the world where countries are joining the BRIC countries. They're having a meeting this week in, uh, in Johannesburg, South Africa. You know, they're talking about getting rid of the petrodollar. They're talking about more equitable relations, a multilateral world, and uh, and, and more equality and, and better uh, development possibilities. Many countries like Argentina are suffering from huge debt. That's another means that imperialism uses to keep countries under control is they, uh, they burden them with... Uh, uh, with social problems, and then they put in uh, conditions on them to ensure they don't develop properly, and that they also have to pay outrageous interest rates. And uh, so Argentina cannot seem to get out of, under that debt. And so many countries are, are suffering from that debt to the in, in, uh, International Monetary Fund, to the World Bank, and other institutions that are they're run by the same outfits. Usually they're all run by U.S. financial institutions out of New York, yeah. but they're also out of London and in Europe. So that's uh, the sort of the the best case scenario now is for for these countries to align themselves with um, in opposition to the the U.S. Uh, financial system. That's that's exactly what they're doing. They're 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 joining in. In in uh, I think more than thirty countries have already applied to join the BRICS countries. They include uh, Brazil, uh, Russian Federation, uh, India, China, South Africa, mm -hmm. and uh, they want to join them and get uh, low interest rates uh, and use their own money instead of the petrodollar, which is controlled by the United States. Um, and they're also joining the. Uh, Belt and Road Initiative from China, where they're taking huge amounts of uh, investment in uh, in infrastructure. The only way to get a country out of poverty is to have a, a tremendous amount of infrastructure. You need roads, mm -hmm. you need bridges, you need trains, uh, so you can improve commerce, internal commerce and ex ex exports. You need uh, ports. But you need it under loans and conditions that are not uh, that will not prevent the economic development of those countries, and so that's why they're joining uh, the uh, BRI. They're joining the BRICS countries, and they're looking for regional integration. So the Mexican president has called for an integration of 
of all the Latin American countries in the Caribbean. So they can then uh, come up with their own funds, economic development funds. It's one of the attractions also of the BRICS countries. The reason that a lot of countries are joining is because then they will be able to take out loans through the uh, new development bank of the BRICS countries. And uh, so a lot of countries are suffering. And uh, you say, well, how come Guatemala doesn't provide more for their their, their workers? Or why doesn't uh, Honduras do the same thing? They don't have any money. Their countries don't have any money. And even when they institute governments to try and improve the equality in those countries and economic development, they get overthrown. That happened in Honduras. Mm -hmm. uh, it's happening in... Uh, in many many countries in Latin America, as you know, they used to have gunboat diplomacy. Now they use different methods. They don't such overt methods. They use uh, uh, velvet revolutions. They use all kinds of uh, coups, internal coups, like they did in Peru. They did it in Bolivia. So this this patterns continue. It doesn't matter whether it's a Republican president or or Democratic president, Democratic Party president. The same policies continue. So do you think the uh, the BRICS this this movement to join BRICS is one of the uh, one of the ways out of the current crisis for for many of these Central American countries. It is it is an option, and and uh, obviously this is the beginning. It's only the beginning. Uh, U.S. imperialism is on is on its way out, but it's it takes a long time. How, how long did the British Empire last, or the or the Roman Empire? Mm -hmm. They lasted a long time, and and uh, so we're going through a transition. Uh, what is it going to take? Is it going to take only one solution? No, it's going to take multiple, multiple solutions. This reform movement for jobs creation in, in Central America, Southern Mexico, you know, and, well, mainly in Central America and the Caribbean, that is that is one of the solutions. There, there has to be multiple solutions. The other solution certainly is to change immigration policy in this country. So what you're saying, but the American people believe the same thing. They, they've been led to believe that that there are legal ways for uh, immigrants from those countries to come here. And all they have to do is apply for those income and just request that. It's not true, but it is it is correct that that would save a lot of lives. And, and to regulate my immigration to this country uh, would go a long ways. But they don't want to do that. So our job, certainly in this country, is to raise awareness of these issues, to remove this fake, phony excuses they're putting forth. All this, these buoys, there is floating barriers, uh, the uh, the claims of drug trafficking and all that. That's all made up, mm -hmm. yeah, and we have to see through this whole system. We have to make people aware of the real reasons that we have this. Uh, migration issues. And uh, uh, I mean, if people wanted to make money from drugs trafficking, why would they come and work in a, in a, in a restaurant in the kitchen? <laughs> why would they right. would take the worst jobs? Uh, drug trafficking, actually, you, you can make a lot of good money. And some people do. Yeah, A lot of them in the United States and some in other countries. Um, so, and, and which was one of the biggest benefactors of pushing drugs, pharmaceutical companies. Remember uh, oxycodone? Yeah. They were selling it by the ton. And they were opening up uh, opening up clinics in, in Florida and all over the country. Uh, oh, yeah. Distri distributing these drugs with phony prescriptions. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's how a lot of people got addicted. Yeah. To pain medications, you know. Yeah, and the pharmaceutical companies made a, a killing. I mean, they made just tons and tons of money off of that. And under the false pretense that oxycodone was actually advertised as and marketed as a non-addictive option for pain relief. Yeah, and, it, and it's very addictive, you know. And, yeah. and people would make long lines in strip malls so they can go to the pain clinics and get their drugs there. Yeah. This was all... Supposed to be supposedly legal, right? They even had a doctor on the premises to issue the the uh, the the prescriptions. Yeah, and then they you go next door, and there's the pharmacy ready to give it to you, giving you a six month supply 
And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's once, once you get addicted to this painkillers, then uh, going to fentanyl is not such a stretch. No, I mean, you know, fentanyl is, is, is 100 times more potent than, than other common drugs like heroin or, or you know, and so forth. Yeah. And it's, a, it's that's the thing that they they blame. They blame other countries. They blame Mexico. They blame Central America for the drug problem when the demand for drugs is coming from this country. The demand for drugs is coming out of this country because people are unhappy. Yeah. They want a quick solution to happiness. They've been addicted from, from prescription medications. And uh, so the you have to look for the root solution in, for the drug overdoses and the drug taken in the U.S. because it's the largest consumer of drugs in the world. And uh, there's a reason for that. And uh, we have to know what those are, and 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 take and treat it as a health crisis, which it is, mm -hmm. and, and address it that way. Instead, what they're doing, they they play in games. Uh, the ruling class is blaming Mexico for the the the, the drug overdoses from fentanyl, for instance. This is the most this is the battle of the day. Yeah. Because, I mean, so many people are dying. It's uh, over 100 people are dying every day from overdoses of fentanyl. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but they're using this as an excuse to attack. This, the Republicans primarily in the Congress, but there's others too that, that are attacking Mexico, saying that if Mexico doesn't deal with this problem, just like they're attacking Mexico, Mexico is not dealing with the migration problem. Mm -hmm. That is Mexico's problem. It's not Mexico's problem. Migrants don't 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 want to go to Mexico. They want to come to the United States. Drugs do not go to Mexico and stay in Mexico because there's no no consumption there, or enough consumption to to be worth it. So they're being Mexico is just a trafficking point for drugs coming from other parts of the world to meet the demand in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason they're attacking Mexico is because they don't like Mexico's policies. They don't like the fact that Mexico is 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 uh, is demonstrating its own sovereignty, creating all this jobs program, creating uh, attacking the uh, the corruption in Mexico, trying to get clean elections, uh, instituting some policies that are that they're working class policies. So they don't like that, and and they're using the pretext of the drug trafficking to to threaten Mexico. They don't yeah. like the fact that Mexico decided to renationalize its petroleum industry or nationalize its lithium and so forth. They don't like those policies. They they want neoliberalist policies of supposedly laissez-faire capitalism, but they're not. You know, it's it, capitalism is is uh, imperialism and capitalism they're they're a combination of private industry working with the state in order to uh, create higher profits. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's that's why they're threatening Mexico. What did Trump do? So here, here's Trump. He threatened Mexico to basically destroy the Mexican economy if Mexico did not do something about the, uh, about the migrant traffic through Mexico. Mexico had to institute a major, uh, convene, convene the Supreme Court, convene the Congress, convene the trade unions and every, every institution in Mexico to, to see how they want to deal with this threat from the, from the Trump administration. So they were coerced into, into agreeing to some of this uh, under pressure, agreeing to some of these things. But they no longer accept that. They never have accepted that. They did it only under pressure from the United States, and and the United States is still exerting a lot of pressure on uh, on Mexico to uh, to take the blame, yeah, uh, for for the drug trafficking, to employ its forces to to stop the, the, the drug trade. And Mexico says, well, we're getting a lot of people killed in Mexico, and and the drugs. I mean, the guns are coming from the United States. So what is the United States doing to to prevent that? Hmm. Very little. Yeah. And uh, so I mean, uh, Mexico say, well, why don't we want to talk about that? They don't want to talk about that. They only want to talk about Mexico taking responsibility for the for the for the fentanyl and Mexico taking responsibility for the migrant labor going through through there. Well, Avro, 
thank you very much for for coming on to talk about this. And uh, do you have any other points that you wanted to make or any anything that you want people to uh, look into or read about? No, I, I think that that the only hope for to change these policies, I think we have to think about it is the, is the, to go ahead and raise the consciousness of the uh, American people that uh, that this that we need to have humane policies and that the American people have a have the values, the right values to address these issues and they're not being addressed by the ruling class in this country, which is undemocratic and that we need to deal with the, with immigrants. Uh, this is an immigrant immigration. I mean, this is a country that was built by immigrants and, and Native Americans. And so, and we need to treat people as human beings. And, and, uh, and I think the American people want to do that. They just don't know. They don't understand the situation. They've never been, they've been told a lot of myths by uh, Republican Governor Greg Abbott and others. Mm -hmm. and, uh, they want to scare them to voting based on hate and prejudice instead of uh, seeking policies of, of uh, cooperation and, and understanding and, uh, and jointly working with others to, to address the root causes of these problems. So that's that's about it. I mean, this is a, this is a very long topic, and we're never going to give exhaustive responses to all of it without engaging also other people. But but that's in a nutshell. That's what's happening with these buoys uh, on the on the uh, on the border with uh, with Mexico. It's just a hate filled election ploy by Republican Texas Governor Greg Abbott. All right. Well, thank you so much, and we will. Uh... We'll keep watching this situation as it unfolds. Mm -hmm. Sounds like um, Abbott is already planning on taking it all the way to the Supreme Court if he, if he has to. And uh, if it makes it that far, I think we know what what they're going to say. All he all he has to do is keep it going until the elections next year. So that 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 <laughs> that's all he's worried about is the elections in twenty twenty four. So yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you for Thanks the so invitation, Kyle, to to participate in this uh, uh, in this uh, podcast, and, uh, and 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 try to uh, address the this uh, pants on fire type of, uh, of falsehoods that are being spread out there. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for for coming on. Thank you for listening to Pants on Fire, Exposing Ruling Class Lies, the podcast produced by the International Department of CPUSA. Visit our website, cpusa.org, to learn more about the party. Follow us on Twitter at CPUSA Department, and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app.